Hello and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 52. I'm your host, Carmen Shushtar, and with me is... James Selig. Today is Saturday, June 27th, and around a little bit past uh, 9 p.m. Another week down the trash chute, James. Yeah. And uh, what what a week it's been, I'll tell you. Uh, there's uh, some interesting stuff that's happened this week. Uh, really, really interesting uh, that's been uh fun for fun for me uh but of course uh you're listening to sutra side talk this is a podcast about games movies and tv show uh news as well as what we've played and watched and just kind of like our personal opinions on uh specific topics that we like to cover uh you can write in with questions and comments at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com uh, whether the, the comments are positive or negative, just, you know, any feedback and, of course, questions that we can read on the show. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're here again another week, uh, two weeks after our uh, 50th episode, and we're basically going straight into our third year of podcasting. But uh, I honestly wasn't really promoting the last couple episodes much. Uh, honestly, it was due to... During Last of Us Part 2, when I was playing that, I was pretty much staying away from social media to avoid spoilers for a bit. But also, yeah. at a certain point, even though I finished, I realized I just had no drive to go on anything at all. Like, I didn't want to go on Instagram. I didn't want to go on Twitter. I didn't want to go on Facebook. I just didn't want to touch any of it. I was just like, I'm, I feel it's so fatiguing to look at it. So yeah. I didn't really promote anything at the same time. Like, overall, we'll get into it later probably in like its own episode but like i enjoyed it overall but yeah that game is emotionally draining to put to say the least yeah and i guess kind of taking a break from social media too kind of it felt nice to not have it around and uh i honestly had to force myself to start like tweeting out like hey new episodes out new episodes out uh but uh, hopefully i'll get back into it but at the same time i'm like if there wasn't any special news coming that's only on social media i would never i would probably start like frequenting it less again just because of how just toxic it can become at the same time uh, as well as you can see right now there's a whole uh we'll talk about it a little bit later well actually now nah, you'll talk about it a little bit later with like uh all of a sudden like mob cancel culture it's like a sheet mentality thing that happens a lot sometimes and it's basically researched again and it's just kind of stupid but uh yeah took a break from social media uh another big thing was for those that don't know i work for microsoft and we uh i work in one of the physical locations like the stores that they have i do like gaming tournaments and stuff like that uh recently though of course with corona uh having us all work remotely I've been uh, basically working on a lot of community uh, stuff, so like online workshops and things like that, kind of helping out uh, schools and classes, other like kids and other stuff in general with adults too, but like mainly focusing towards like youth programs and whatnot. Uh, though now it looks like I'll be working remotely even longer, James, because do you know why? <laughs> Yeah, like it was literally in the paper today, apparently. Like Microsoft I was, closed all their stores. 
Yeah, I got, I woke up, uh, I got woken up, my, one of my coworkers, or one of my friends that I don't work with anymore at the same location, but a different one called me and was like, hey, you need to jump on, because I've been actually off uh, the last couple weeks, and I don't go back until like Wednesday, I don't really talk much about work at all, but uh, yeah, they're all physical locations, apart from like the really, really big ones that we call flagship stores, uh, are all closing permanently, and we're all pretty much working remotely until further notice until we can get a new location for ourselves but we're not going to be like we don't have basically like sales floor people anymore uh selling stuff to random people on black friday walking in which is insanity it's it's just weird we're not used to this and i won't really say more just because i don't know what i can and can't say from all like the the calls i've been in the last uh the other day when that was all unfolding um but I'm, I'm okay. I like end of the day. I'm fine. Uh, but it's just, uh, it's an interesting change and a giant influx of information that I was just kind of like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Like when you told me about it, I was like, what? No fucking way. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was quite shocked, but at the same time, there's certain things what I'm like, okay, actually that kind of makes sense just due to what they've probably noticed in the quarantine in terms of numbers and stuff, but I'll, I won't really, I'm not going to talk about that. Um, so it, it wasn't the most surprising thing, but at the same time, it's still like, oh, it was sooner than I expected. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm still, I still got a job and I don't, I, I'm pretty sure there were zero layoffs. Uh, there's still, everyone still has a job there. Everyone's just working remotely now. Uh, and it were just transforming uh, the way we work, because obviously, you know, it was a physical store and stuff, and you had people selling shit, you had people repairing computers, you had people like me uh, going to schools and running workshops and doing gaming tournaments and stuff like that, uh, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's uh, that that part of that uh, journey is over apparently, and we'll see what happens next. But I just thought, you know, that's that's something I would share, and it's uh, it's an interesting thing. Anything going on with you this week, James? Uh, obviously, you see, might might have been an interesting week for me. I don't know. The only news I really have, is, besides playing through The Last of Us, is just like trying to figure out what's going on with me health wise. So far, the next option or next thing that I'm trying to do is get a hold of like an actual surgeon to see if surgery is is necessary. But I literally spent maybe not all day Friday, but like I spent a decent amount of Friday just trying to call the number that my surgeon or that my regular doctor told me to call and no one was picking up like all day. So that's great, but whatever, hopefully all this will get figured out eventually. Yeah. Sorry about that, man. I guess it's cause, uh, I mean, it is set. I guess it's a weekend day. So yeah, well, there's that. Right. And it's also like, if I was going to, I, it's not like I picked a time to get sick, but it's just like for any... You couldn't have scheduled it better? Yeah, it's like if it wasn't during a pandemic, I would be able to probably just see my doctors at like almost ASAP or whatever. Like maybe I would have to spend like schedule an, an appointment for like a few days in advance or whatever. But at this po- uh, point, it's basically just been like, okay, we can get you in in like two weeks. Can you wait till then? It's like, well, I got nothing else to do. It's like that it just kind of sucks that this is going on for a lot longer than I feel like it needs to, or at least longer than I would have liked it to, but whatever. 
At least I'm not in like excruciating pain. I'm just like a little bit uncomfortable all the time. Oh well. Oh yeah, that, it sucks, man. I'm I'm sorry to hear that. And we we talked about it a little bit before, but yeah, it's just yeah. Uh, there's different levels for everyone of just like the, the bullshit we've dealt with throughout this whole thing. Um, whether it's you know some people more physically or financially or health wise or yeah. psych like um uh uh what would you call it um how did I just psychologically shit how did I forget yeah see it's already happening psychologically exhibit a yeah. <laughs> just the mind isn't working like it used to and things like that but hopefully um they did say they're working on multiple different vaccines and eventually yeah uh, down the line we'll I'm hoping that the goal hope here is less than a year less than a year and we'll be back to most normalness uh where you can go around licking things again you know just lick doorknobs lick uh yeah. lick uh, escalator rails uh just lick that man on the street you're just like hey look at that guy i wonder what he tastes like you know share the love you know yeah share the love let's find out uh for now you gotta keep that tongue in though you know just uh for safekeeping the masks keep help with that <laughs> exactly and it, and also just just, have you seen those fucking dipshits that are like, uh, I'm not getting my oxygen in this mask. Dude, I, I saw... That's why I don't wear the mask. There's a guy, I, re- I really... I probably should remember his name at this point, just because I follow him on Twitter, but he's like a known disabled gamer who, like, he literally just like... It makes me fucking disgusted that people are using the, like, American Dis- uh, Disabilities Act as an excuse to be like i don't need to wear a mask because i have this card that says that i have a medical condition that i don't have to tell you what it is but i totally fucking have it and it's just like they're they're fucking fake cards yeah and it's just like i don't understand why it's like i get it it's uncomfortable to wear a mask sometimes and it is different and it is weird but theoretically, if you just wear a mask for, like, a few months, we'll never have to do it again. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we've seen New Zealand. They did it right. Uh, New York, ironically, they haven't had any new cases, if I heard correctly. Dude, New Zealand uh, had, like, so they, I, I don't know if it was to commemorate this event or if they just, like, it happened to be at the same time. They have not documented a new case of coronavirus in three weeks. And so yeah. they, were, they were able to host a full-on soccer match with, like, a stadium full of people because they're just, like, it's literally just not a problem there anymore. Yeah. All they have to do, honestly, like, as long as they don't let people into their country, that's what I would do. I would cut off. I'd just be like, fuck mm-hmm. off. Don't come here. Uh, you're not yeah. allowed in. Especially, I mean, did you hear, I think, if I heard correctly, Europe, uh, Europe banned Americans. Yeah. Dude, like, we uh, keep... It's the hit- smartest choice they could make. We keep breaking our record for, like, most infected or, or, or most uh new patients found each day or whatever like we keep breaking that record yeah it's, it's insane it's so, so it's stupid. like basically all all of the quarantine effort that we've done in the past like three months is basically doesn't even matter yeah because gotta open that country up gotta do it I mean, we're just seeing, we're, it, it's just revealing who, who are the cowards and fools, if anything. What One thing that's, I, I probably shouldn't keep going off on tangents on this because it's like really not what our podcast is about, but like, 
one of, a, you know we have room every now and again every true. now and again there's room for a little bit it's just like one of the things i keep hearing is like men are less likely to wear a mask because some men f- think it is a sign of like being emasculated or whatever if you're wearing isn't that why like, dudes don't ask for directions also and that yeah, oh my God, you know that whole thing you know when the family's the driving and the mom's like why don't you just ask for directions he's like i don't need directions and they're fucking lost for two hours yeah and it's just like oh i'm a man i don't need a mask it's like no no no, no. the virus will still fuck you up it does not give a shit what gender you are like just wear a mask uh, that's if people actually think that's fucking hilarious that's great fucking idiots I'm sorry if I've offended anyone, but and then again, wait, what, well, we what don't be offending people I, I've always like, been known to offend people. That's my job. Yeah. That's not actually my job. But if I was paid to offend people, oh my god, that'd be so tight. That'd be that'd be, that'd be ridiculous. Uh, anyway, all right, we'll get into uh, we'll get into our actual news and whatnot. Uh, you guys may hear fireworks in the background. Uh, of course, San Francisco one. is one of the yeah, that was a big one. Uh, San Francisco is one of the cities, of course, that has nonstop fireworks every night. Uh, there's all these conspiracy theories. Uh, currently, honestly, the, the one where it's cops lighting it off or selling to people for hella cheap seems the most honestly realistic because apparently there's even proof in some places. But uh, fuck if I know. I'm not too sure anymore. Uh, but it's it hasn't affected me just because... Uh, if it, it's fucked up people's sleep schedules or at least, you know, children and others, uh, depending on the time, luckily for me, uh, if it's not a 7.0 quake, I'm not going to wake up. Like I'm, I'm sleeping through that shit. And even then, if it's 7.0 quake, I just have to look around. If nothing's falling off my stuff that I have to catch, then fuck it. I'm going back to bed. All right. So, all right. News, 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 news time. Uh, we got, uh, a lot of, uh, mainly like more... <laughs> Surprise, surprise, more movie delays, uh, and some cool flash news that's actually going to be pretty awesome. Uh, something I included really fast, just some stuff regarding Disneyland, and of course gaming news, uh, which we have regular gaming news, and we have a whole slew. It's like last week, except not as many wide game expos. Like we have NGPX, which is a New Game Plus expo, we have IGN Game Day, uh, five or IGN Expo f- Day Five, um, Summer Game Fest, and then two specific ones are uh, Marvel's Avengers War Table, which is of course Avengers Night City Wire Episode One, which is about the Avengers. Uh, I was going to say Avengers again. Uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, uh, which of course uh, the Summer Game Fest is Crash Four, as well as uh, the Day of the Devs. Uh, there was sh- uh, kind of like a, it's like basically indies, indie games for the most part yeah. being showcased. That was a fun little show. Although I forgot to write down the things that I thought was interesting to me. I, I, I honestly, uh, I'll, we'll get to them. Uh, but I, for the most part, the actual showcases, I don't actually think there was one game. I was like, I'm going to buy this out of, uh, I'll say it right now. Like just to save people time, like we'll probably skip over most of it, but for me personally, uh, day of the devs. NGPX, IGN Expo Day 5, none of the games shown were ones that I was that really stood out to me like as one that I would buy. Not saying that they're bad games, just personally, like, maybe it's because there's been so many games already shown, like, overloading, but I'm just kind of like, eh, nothing, that cop- nothing new. Uh, I already got my, like, the ones that interest me are already, like, solidified. Uh, I'm kind of closed now in terms of new information, unless it's, like, something big or something really creative that like catches uh my 
genre interest and style interest, I guess. But all right, we'll start with the movie TV news. Uh, first off, this is uh, news regarding the movie The Flash. And this is from an article. Uh, well, actually, this is reported by The Wrap. So Michael Keaton, uh, for those that may not somehow know who Michael Keaton is, he played Batman in the Tim Burton films, uh, Batman from 1989 and Batman Returns. Uh, that was shortly after that that had like Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Uh, you had uh, Nicholas uh, Jack Nicholson as Joker. <laughs> Danny DeVito as the Penguin. And even... Um, Christopher Walken is, I forget what the, the guy's name was, but he was also a villain. There was just like some corrupt politician or some shit. But uh, he is in talks to appear in the Flash movie that's starring Ezra Miller. And uh, it won't be a simple cameo. It's instead going to be, they're hoping, so according to, uh, so this is apparently according to THR now, uh, Warner Brothers hopes to include him as a recurring character in upcoming DC films in a role compared to the one filled by Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury in the MCU. So, huh. I'm very curious to see what this is going to be. And it could be maybe a character. So, they, they can do this one of two ways. Because also, this is they said in the Flash movie, specifically. Now, for those that don't know, uh, Ezra Miller's The Flash appeared in a non-DCEU show, which was the CW Flash TV show, which are two separate universes. And they crossed over to basically show that DC, or basically Warner Brothers in general, is willing to do multiverse crossover and just kind of dip into other stuff. Like we see um, in the Crisis uh, CW crossover that they show everything from Smallville Superman, uh, Kingdom Come Superman sort of. Uh, we get uh, Michael Keaton's Batman sort of. We get the city, but we don't get like the actual, we don't see him show up. And we have, it even shows like Titans and Doom Patrol from DC Universe. I think it had Swamp Thing. Uh, it shows all, everything from the 90s Flash show. I think even Linda Carter, Wonder Woman, I feel like. And Batman, oh yeah, and they do Batman, uh, Adam West, uh, Batman as well. So they cross over all that stuff, whether it's small How cameos. How do that without like Adam Burt West? Burt Ward. Uh, holy something he said uh, holy i forget what he said he says like holy crisis batman or something crazy and then he dies i think that's fine. um because like they erase all the different earths but uh even after they erase all the different earths and they say like oh yeah most of them stayed erased or something even when they're gone ezra miller's flash shows up proving that that earth is still around somewhere the dceu earth and with this though if it's the flash and he could do multiverse travel potentially he can multiverse travel to michael keaton batman earth nab him and he becomes michael keaton to like retired bruce wayne batman nick fury for the dc that'd be kind of interesting i 
would love the absolute shit out of that because it's like okay we might not get him to suit up anymore he, he might even still suit up maybe but i uh, he could also be another character i'm not too sure what organization it would be just because um it could be like argus maybe which is like you know the, the steve trevor actually belongs to that in the comics along with like amanda waller or he could, um, ironically, actually, Amanda Waller is the closest thing to Nick Fury when it comes yeah. to that kind of stuff. Except she's like the more kind of a, she's fucked up about it because she more, mainly more or so works with villains than anything. Yeah, she's not really a great person either. I mean, then yeah, again, no. neither is Nick Fury. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. But yeah, but he, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but she, he doesn't have a Suicide Squad. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like. If anything, Nick Fury is, like, he's not a great person, but he always struck me as, like, at least he, he's the kind of person where the ends justify the means, I guess. So yeah. he's always trying to protect the country or, or protect the world, but he's willing to do some, like, heinous shit to do it. Whereas Amanda Waller, sometimes she's just, like, not a good person, it seems. Yeah, but so we'll, I we'll don't see. know too much about the Suicide Squad, if I'm gonna be honest. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, no, it's a whole. Yeah, I'll get to another day, but, uh, yeah. So, Keaton could be a new character. He could be old Bruce Wayne, and they could have multiple Bruce Waynes. I'm fine with that. I think it would be amazing. But we'll just see. Either way, having Michael Keaton in there, I would love the shit out of that because that means we had him as Batman, we had him as Vulture, and then we have him as either Batman again or. <laughs> some other role and i'm fine with that because just he oh god he was fantastic i, I love the crap out of him uh so that's the first of the warner brothers news uh but that's the only kind of cool interesting one the rest is actually just uh news flash everything's delayed uh yeah also paused i forgot about this one patty jenkins is pausing development for wonder woman 3 like, it would be, you know, early development and everything else. But, uh... Huh. Yeah, so, the reason why is they were going to do modern day for this one. It wouldn't be a period piece like World War One or the 80s. It would be, like, now. But because with everything with the virus, she probably... It sounds like she would rather have it set in a post-virus world... So things being affected by that potentially, and that's why she's holding it off until later, which I'm fine with honestly anyway, because it's like I'm I'm down for another Wonder Woman movie, but also I'm down to see more uh, number ones come out in a sense. Like I want to see Flash, Green Lantern, Cyborg. I want to see all like the Batman. I want to see just like I'm I'm down for more sequels. Like I'm down for Shazam two. I'm down for Rockman two, Wonder Woman three. But I, I want to see like. Like I said, new characters come in to just keep throwing in others. And the only sequel that would be like, I would throw everything out to just kind of bring in would be probably like Man of Steel 2, where I'd just be like, give me this, just give me, just fucking give me this movie, come on. Uh, but yeah, so it might take longer for that. But at the same time, it seems like Warner Brothers is going into the three movie route anyway per year. So we're not going to be wa left wanting, if anything. Like, there's going to be plenty of stuff going on. But all right, the movie delays. Do you delays. think it could ever get, like, bad enough that they'll just start releasing those movies to, like, DC Universe Online or whatever? Oh, because of the delays? Yeah. These ones? I mean, uh, I don't think so, because these are too big. 
Mm-hmm. Like these were their big fall movies. Like they they can't afford to not put them out there. That would lose even more money. Like it's like Disney could afford Artemis Fowl because it's like no one's gonna give a fuck about that. But even they were like, okay, we can't with Mulan, I guess now. So because that was also delayed, but. All right. All right. So Tenet was delayed again. So it would, the current date was July 31st. It is now August 12th. So it's like two weeks there, uh, which pushed back the 10th anniversary Inception premiere, which had its original location at July 17th is now at its July 31st date. So anytime Tenet moves, Inception takes that location of where it was every time. Uh, which, uh, with Tenet, it seems like Bill & Ted 3 is being delayed from August 12th, because they were the same day, to now August 28th. And then Mulan, smack dab in between them, has been delayed from July 24th to August 21st. So potentially, uh, of these four films, we would get Inception, then Tenet, then Mulan, then Bill & Ted 3. In August. Inception? So, yeah, 10th anniversary. Huh. They've been wanting to... They were going to put that in there because it's like 10th anniversary, but also it's a good opener oh, that's right. like safer where, remember, they won't lose as much money because yeah. it's, it's something they already had out there. I also forgot it was the 10th anniversary. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we'll see if these stick. Like, at this point, guys, remember, everything is constantly moving and with certain states which honestly california included but i don't think it's san francisco i think it's more los angeles um you know they keep fucking up and moving the cases back up as well like fucking arizona and florida and others they just were like open now they're like closed again because of everything uh so we'll see which movies actually stick in place i feel like with the other ones being delayed for so long uh they might not need to delay those anymore just because they've already pushed them enough to where uh, these are the ones they're just going to mess with now. Since they're like the first wave movies during the pandemic and post-pandemic. Well, actually, pretty much per during. It's not even post. It's just going to be during. Uh, And then last news, uh, not necessarily movie-related, sort of, uh, but I just want to talk about it real fast, just real fast. Uh, mainly about cancel culture, but also like kind of nothing is black and white. Everything is very gray. So it's like more case by case. Like, uh, so Splash Mountain, for those that don't know, the ride Splash Mountain uh, is themed by the movie Song of the South, which many find uh, quite offensive and racist. Um, I think most people probably don't even remember that movie being a thing. Yeah, I don't even, I don't remember much of it all, because I actually just have the little kid's storybook, and I still have it, uh, at least uh, with my folks. Uh, it was something I read when I was a kid, and I loved the shit out of it, honestly. Uh, I didn't have any of the live-action characters, like, this was just the cartoons, so it was just Br'er Fox? Br'er Bear and Br'er Rabbit. And I always just, you know, I was, I literally, as a kid, was like, oh, yeah, it's a story about a fox and a bear that want to eat a rabbit. I'm not surprised. Okay. And then the rabbit's, like, smart like Bugs Bunny, and he keeps getting away from it. And that's all I knew. And, like, uh, they do a ride, and I was just like, okay. But seeing, like, how everything is, and, I mean, not how everything now is, but seeing, like, what it actually was about later on as I got older, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, I still have the book. It's still, it doesn't change my childhood. It doesn't change, like, what I already know. But uh, I get it. And 
now they're taking Splash Mountain and reimagining it into a Princess and the Frog theme. I think that's fine, I guess. Uh, I'm actually, no, it, it's honestly pretty cool. Did they uh, have a Princess and the Frog ride before that? No, this oh. is why it works out. Because it's also the Princess and the Frog takes place in like a swamp. It's Louisiana. Yeah, it makes a lot it's of It's like sense. swampy New Orleans, uh, like back area. So it, it works perfectly. And I would say because when it comes to Disneyland, uh, how would you say it? Reimagining the rides. Uh, there's some I like and there's some I don't like. Ones I lo- ones I'm kind of indifferent on are Pirates of the Caribbean just because there's some parts I do like about it and other parts I'm just kind of like, I like the old... Actually, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I like the old uh, Pirates of the Car- Caribbean more than the new one. I also like the old Star Tours more than the new one and I like the old Tower of Terror more than the Guardians of the Galaxy one just because Guardians of the Galaxy one just feels like it's fucking short attention span the ride. But... Uh, when it comes to this one, I like this one. I like the old submarine. D- James, do you know about the submarine they had at Disneyland? There's like a cool little submarine area. Yeah. Uh, they changed it to Finding Nemo uh, from what it originally was, which was like, you know, old 50s stuff or whatever. So Finding Nemo makes sense. That works. I like that. I mm-hmm. like Princess and the Frog because that makes sense. Um, I feel like there was another thing that changed. Uh, but it's, it's very specific. I think there was actually in Disney world, they changed the trolls right in Norway to frozen. I haven't gone on it, so I don't know, but I did like the cool cultural stuff that the trolls had. And I'm just like, now Elsa like blows you away with her hands and you're like, ah, and she just sings. And I'm like, that's the ride. (laughs) Okay. So I, I don't know how to feel about that, but uh, I'm definitely, I, I think this one is a cool one. And certain things do need to just be modernized and just changed if it works and it just makes sense. Which they they did say that this was done a year ago. This was planned a year ago. So it's not oh. because of everything going on now. So Which is good, even better, because then it's like, they're not going, oh, you know, we have to do it now. It was like, they were thinking about this before then, which means they were aware of just like, you know, doing like a better job, or not a better job, but like just kind of making it more universally accepting for everything if that makes sense uh but now because of that though unfortunately uh there's giant cancel culture going on uh with in various uh mediums and everything else but specifically they're like ah fucking was it um jungle cruise and tiki room and they're like change this next and change that next and i think people are now people are against like batman or something um punisher and uh all this other shit are yeah. they trying to, like, throw in the Punisher with, like, police brutality and shit like that? Yes. I guess you could. Basically, there's a, there's a whole thing where it's it's a vol- it's the whole vocal minority on social media that just gets too loud for their own good. And then it becomes the whole cancel culture where it's like, I don't like it. I want it gone. Where instead it's like, if you don't like it, then don't give it your money. Don't watch it. Don't play it. Like, then stop like stop trying to control everything like it's not your that's not your place and it's it's a very weird mob sheep mentality where i mean uh, people are aware that batman investigates his like the people he's following very thoroughly yeah it's not i mean that's the whole thing it's not even worth getting it's not even worth justifying or getting into like that's how stupid i think it is yeah but it's it's just gotten to a point where I, th- I think people are forgetting 
what the real message is and the real things you should be doing. And they're just more thinking with more selfish attitudes again, which is what I, f I find. I just find it annoying and stupid. And I just wish it, it's a whole thing where cancel culture comes in waves every now and again. Someone gets outraged and they all start demanding things like it's owed to them or something. And it's just another case now. And I'm just like, well, we have to wait for this one to blow over. But it's just, uh, I don't know, I just, I just find it stupid. And it's just getting annoying because that's another reason why I don't want to go on Twitter now. I don't want to jump on there because it's just, it's, it's just toxic, completely toxic. But yeah, sorry, I just wanted to say that and just get that out there. But that's just me. I know many people have different opinions on all this kind of shit, but I just find it annoying. But I'm looking forward to Splash Mountain, at least. That'll be pretty fun. Uh, I'm excited to see. I just, the only thing I want them to keep, James, is, uh, do you remember there's a bunch of dancing chickens? I don't on remember the ride? The chickens. Oh, they're, they're, they're like, uh, it's like these uh, lady chickens and they got the dresses, but they still got like the chicken legs and they're just uh, like eh. lifting the dresses like, burr, burr, burr. It's, 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 yeah, it's pretty funny. So I, I think they should put that in there still because that, that's, a, that's a funny one. Uh, everything else, you know, just uh, I guess put that giant alligator guy that's in the movie or something. But yeah. All right. That's it for the movie news. Next up, we got some game news. Not too much uh, besides, you know, all the other showcases and everything else. But the regular game news, uh, this was... <laughs> so the Microsoft stores weren't the only thing shut down. No? Uh, Microsoft also shut down Mixer. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that was... I was like, huh? What? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> I, was, uh, I was very taken aback when I heard this. Well, and I started... Like didn't they pay like ninja in shroud and I, I don't know if there was anyone else but like they paid a couple really prominent twitch streamers to come be exclusive to mixer and it hasn't even been a year so they paid yeah they paid ninja a shit ton of money for a three-year contract and then they went it's over uh you're released from your contract you get to, i'm pretty sure that i'm correct on this i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure i'm correct you get to keep all your money but basically you get three years worth of money for one year of the contract and you're good you're free that's a good deal for him i guess yeah and i think it was maybe youtube gaming or someone offered him like 16 million or something for a contract again i'm pretty that's I think, fucking crazy i think he said no because it's like he could just make as much as he wants doing whatever he wants now anyway yeah. and at the same time he doesn't even the man doesn't have to work like he i mean what work he, he doesn't have to play games and let people watch him but i mean i'm not nothing against streamers but like it's you're playing games i mean he is very skilled at what he does which is mostly Fortnite. but like i just don't i don't understand how any streamer becomes as huge as ninja did yeah and i i just i have my own personal uh feelings about ninja that i shouldn't even bother having just because i'm like i don't even care at the same time it's just mm -hmm. i've had to put him on tour like store theater and shit um oh really <laughs> yeah so i was like not anymore you don't put, yeah i was like can i put anything well yeah one i don't have to put him on there two there's no theater to put anything onto anymore either so both are gone so <laughs> they don't have to worry about that at all um but mixer has gone uh microsoft is pretty much working now with facebook gaming in terms of like transferring everyone that was streaming there over like they get like a seamless or like not a seamless they get like a transition to facebook gaming specifically which 
I forgot there was a Facebook gaming. Yeah, to be me honest. too. I I thought that was like such a weird thing that it's like Microsoft's just gonna partner with Facebook streaming and all the I thought all of the streamers that they basically bought were gonna go over to Facebook, but sounds like more they could just do whatever the fuck they want now. Yeah, and I don't know like if I so I even though I, like I said I work for Microsoft, take my opinions. Anytime with a grain of salt, but also they do not reflect Microsoft whatsoever, obviously. I'm, I'm just, like, some small-time dude that's not even, like, I don't make any fucking decisions. But I, I, I'm i curious, like, is it going to be now or is when you go on Xbox, you can just stream now straight to Facebook Gaming? Uh, or we is there going to be more integration now with Twitch? Um, that's another weird thing. It's like, after at a certain point, Microsoft actually put like a tab like a mixer tab on the microsoft yeah they just uh, there was a dude, that was a whole thing i kept trying to use the, the actual app and then it became an actual part of the the main like uh it always UI. drove me crazy because it's like t- if i want to go to the store i have to tab past mixer to go do that and it's like it's not the biggest inconvenience but it's just like i literally i don't care about streaming enough to have like a tab entirely to that but whatever i know yeah. I, i'm not I don't speak for everyone. I'm, I know there are people that are like way into streaming. That I, it, this is not me. Either way, it was very short lived for that change at this point now. So true. Um, I, I'm curious to see what would happen because I mean, I guess James, because it's there's probably a bunch of different streaming platforms that we don't even really know about because we don't pay attention to that shit anyway. Yeah. And of course, the main one that never has not been the main one has been Twitch. Even with Mixer on the rise, got its exclusives. Like Twitch was number one, huh? Do you remember UStream? Uh, vaguely. That was like literally when PlayStation Four first came out. It had the ability to stream natively to either Twitch or UStream, and I don't. I literally can't remember the last time I went onto UStream. It's basically when I do watch stuff on streaming, game streaming anyway. It's usually on Twitch. Uh, is Ustream still around? Because I don't even remember anything That's about it. That's a good it. question. I'm going to look that up real quick. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, so leaving with Mixer gone, that leaves Twitch, uh, I guess, streaming on YouTube and then Facebook gaming, which, honestly, like, I I don't know people that use YouTube and Facebook gaming. Okay, I know one guy that uses Facebook gaming, but he doesn't have anyone that jumps on and watches it besides, like, people that he actually knows. Because I don't even see how that shit works anyway. And I even, like, would only go on there, like, shortly. Actually, it was, it was Ty, uh, who was on the show before. Uh, I would, I've gone on a few times, mainly just to kind of, like, talk to them for a second. Or just kind of screw with them a bit. And <laughs> talk to his girlfriend, just being like, hey, say this to him. And, and just kind of, like, read the comment to him or something. Uh, and then, like, another friend would be on there, too. Actually, I think it was Cody, the guy that made the uh, interest uh, music for this. But uh, we would just be on there just fucking around. Uh, and then I just be gone because I'm like I don't I don't watch people play games that's not my thing, so I'm just uh, I'm curious to see where this giant population will go because of course like I think people went to Mixer because Twitch was so populated and I guess with Mixer like you you have more of a chance to stand out where now it's like if you go back to Twitch that opportunity isn't there but if you go to like YouTube or Facebook Gaming maybe you do have that chance but who the hell is on youtube and facebook gaming is yeah. the thing so it looks which like, like for me looks like hmm? Ustream is still a thing 
but I'm getting a feeling it's not very popular. Gotcha. Yeah, so I think, like, for me, like, personally, uh, I've only streamed once, and that was for Extra Life last year, which it's going to come up again, because it's been, like, that halfway point already. I guess more than halfway point. And luckily, I won't be sick this time, so I can actually do it in full, like, stride of being, like, alive. and Or at least I'll be dying from not sleeping, but I won't be dying from not sleeping and also being sick, So because that was, I was miserable. But uh, I, I last time I did mixer for xbox and then when i switched switch to playstation I, I was doing twitch this time if the opportunity is just there i'm just gonna go full on with twitch now because i i just want it simpler and won't have to deal with both anymore i guess but i i don't yeah. want i don't plan on like going like yeah i want to do a facebook gaming and youtube <laughs> it's just it's not gonna be uh what i'm going for but yeah it's it's just it's crazy um but yeah, that's that's the news for Mixer. It's just uh, it's just interesting, especially just because I'm like I'm curious to see how they're gonna launch whatever streaming with um with Series X, like what what they're gonna be partnering with. If it's actually gonna be Facebook Gaming, yeah, because like granted they they don't have to follow this plan, but from what I understand, their initial idea was to have Mixer be not only their like their own video streaming service but also they wanted to tie in like xcloud to that and be like oh i'm watching someone on mixer play this game i can literally press one button to like stream that game and play it myself yeah which is a cool idea but i guess that's not happening anymore and there was actually uh there was a workshop uh that you can go to a store even like uh, i guess you could have done it online for some locations uh, but it was like pro, what was it, pro tips to becoming a mixer streamer or something? I forget. It was like a, basically a, a 101 to becoming a streamer workshop. And I'm pretty sure it was heavily integrated with Mixer. So I'm like, ah, I guess we're not doing that one anymore. <laughs> or I guess I don't even know what workshops are doing. Anyway, I don't know. It's a whole thing. I, it just, it's a thing. So uh, other news is there's not going to be any DLC for The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, which, I mean, I wasn't really expecting No surprise. Yeah. The only reason why I guess some people were thinking that might be a thing is was uh, The Last of Us Left Behind. But I wasn't even expecting that DLC when that first happened. Yeah, it's very true. Um, this one, yeah, I don't... With the current story, like, there's... We'll talk about it more on our spoiler cast of, like, potentially if you wanted to do another sequel or uh, just stop there. Or, like, yeah, with DLC and stuff. But it just... It, it, I'm not surprised. It makes complete sense that there's no DLC. I'll just say yeah. that. All right. Uh, then we're on to the actual showcase stuff. So starting off with Summer Game Fest, James, we got uh, a trailer and a little bit of uh, talk about Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. And that's actually the title. It's about time. That's yeah. like what the game is called. And it's made by um, Toys for Bob, which are the guys that did the Crash Remastered trilogy or that's Insane cool. trilogy. Yeah, so they got so, some practice, I guess. Oh, yeah. And they are, what are they, putting that out in September or October or something? One of the two. It's oh, coming out totally this forget. this year. Yeah, but it's coming out this year. Uh, James, are you, 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 you interested in this? or? You know, I don't think I played any uh, Crash Bandicoot game except for the first one when it first came out on PlayStation 1. I bought the Insane Trilogy or whatever, but I just never got around to playing it. 
So I am interested that they actually decided to go back and do a straight up. Uh, I keep wanting to say Sly Cooper, but that's not right. Uh, Even though it does have time aspects that's the other in thing. it. Sly Cooper 4 was also a time travel story, but it looks fun. Like I, it, I like that it looks like they just literally are continuing the series. Yeah. And I mean, there were other crash games i guess after playstation one like playstation one had yeah. three naughty dog games that so was like crash one through three and then uh afterwards i think there were other studios that did it just kind of like the same thing with spyro but obviously yeah. no one really talks about the non-playstation one titles for either of those because yeah. it was like naughty dog and insomniac's kind of signature on them and like their their work in it and so the continuation of Crash with, like, Via Toys for Bob are, like, they're more looking to the vein of the Naughty Dog style that was made in the first three, more so than the later versions that came out afterwards. And I myself am interested, but also I still have yet to purchase and play the Insane Trilogy, so I do want to do that first. Uh, afterwards, then, I'll probably be more, more or less excited or not excited. I guess we'll see which one I, I'm more into, but... Yeah, it was pretty cool reveal. It was very short. Like, it wasn't too much about it just because you had that. It was more the opener because then afterwards we got Alf talking for a bit, which was kind of funny. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, it was. Uh, I guess Jeff Keighley just, you know, he makes some interesting partnerships. Yeah, was there any reason why Alf was in that show? It, was there any reason why Alf wasn't in the show? Well, I mean, I have no, dude, I have no fucking idea. I, I don't, I don't know. I just know Alf was there and I was like, oh shit, it's Alf, okay. I mean, okay. he wasn't popular, he hasn't been popular since like the 80s or whenever yep. he was. I think that's why it's it's easier to get him now. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea. Like I have a yeah. vague idea that I thought I heard that they were going to do like a Alf reboot show or like bring it back somehow, but that might just be a weird fever dream that I had. I don't know. He might, I, I forget, because I don't even remember what network he belongs to. And then uh, we had some, <laughs> they, they did some more funny stuff kind of with Tim Schafer uh, opening and closing Day of the Devs from his house. And I think his daughter was filming, which was pretty funny. Uh, just because he's like, yeah, just hold it like that and blah, blah. Is it, is it working? Is it good? Are we rolling? And it was, it was just nice. Tim Schafer is, uh, from what I've seen from him, he and like, of course, Double Fine. Like, they're an awesome studio that are just very down to earth and uh, just like they like to have fun because you know Tim Schafer, I believe, is a former LucasArts guy, and like interesting. I didn't know that. Honestly, yeah, Double Fine is kind of the closest thing you have to LucasArts style, like smaller, smaller set games, because they originally were the ones that made like I think Escape from Monkey Island and stuff. Yeah. Or yeah, so like yeah, like Double Fine is more of that style. Yeah, they like do those types of really narrative-driven games. Yeah. And so, Day of the Devs had a bunch of indies, and unfortunately for me, like, I just wasn't interested in any of those ones that were shown. There were a couple cool ones, like there was one that uh, heavily emphasized uh, use of sound, which I liked, but nothing that I was like, I, I want to, like, add this to my list of games later on, or, like, a shit ton of stuff to buy. Like, at least for now, none of them really were in my vein of stuff I normally play. Uh, James, did you any, did you see anything? No, I, I thought the show was fun to watch, and it was nice to see that they were trying to highlight a bunch of just up-and-coming indie developers, 
but there wasn't anything that I particularly was like, holy shit, I remember, I'm going to remember that in a few days. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, there were some live performances before and after, which were interesting to say the least. I didn't really pay attention to, I didn't stick with it yeah. for the most part. I was just like, oh, okay, one minute later, all right, let's move on. But uh, then was uh, New Game Plus Expo, which was kind of very much Japanese publisher developer heavy. Uh, whereas a lot of Japanese games uh, done by like Atlas and uh, I think maybe Damn, I should Capcom probably actually watch and that Sega. Then. Yeah, and it's too late to talk about it now for me, but I'll, I'll just because like yeah, I, I seem to be more into Japanese games than you. Yeah, I'd say so. Like I really like Atlas games generally. Yeah, so I I went through the entire thing, kind of like skimmed it, seeing what games were at each like time point or time code spot, and none of them. Uh, were of interest to me uh, just because like yeah like James said I'm uh, he is more interested in a lot of the like kind of mainstay Japanese titles than I do or like themes and genres and play styles that they have so yeah nothing from there uh, there was the IGN Expo Day 5 uh, I didn't get anything from there James did you nah all right so we're moving on then to the final two games that kind of had their own showcases and they were pretty cool like uh first one was the Avengers War Table which was like Kind of a lot of talk about the Avengers game that's coming out in September, is I want to say. Is it still coming out this year? Yeah. Okay. It's in uh, October or September. I forget which one. I think I think it's September and crashes October. and one, It's one or the other. One is in September and one is in October. Right? That's what I remember. Uh, for Crash and Avengers, but we got a trailer for uh, Avengers that just kind of uh, is more about AIM, and it, it reveals that the main villain of the Avengers game is MODOK. Yeah, the only thing I find weird about that is that there's they seem to be making MODOK an inhuman, and it just yeah. throughout the game he becomes the giant head thing or whatever. Yeah, because he starts out as, like, the regular-sized, you know, scientist, and then you see kind of, like, a transformation over time. And you do, obviously, like, the whole thing with the San Francisco event is it released the Terrigen Mist, right, or something? Yeah, so it seems like the Avengers were experimenting with, like, Terrigen crystals being used to power helicarriers or whatever. That went wrong, and then somehow they unleashed, like, a Terrigen Mist over all of San Francisco. So yeah, anyone... and it, it seems like Aim was probably the one that was behind yeah, it anyway. They definitely. So. It seems like the main plot, at least the way it starts, is like you play as primarily Camilla Khan, which I think is really interesting. Like I, so far I've liked Kamala every Kamala Khan. Okay. Uh, yeah. So like I have really enjoyed everything that they've shown of her so far. Like I can't remember who the voice actress is that plays her, but I think she sounds phenomenal so far, and. It's, she seems to somehow find evidence that AIM was behind A-Day, or whatever they call it, uh, and she goes around to the other Avengers and is like, hey, you were set up, and AIM was behind it. Like, we should stop that, or fix that? Yeah, and we see that basically it's primarily about, like, yeah, the mainstay Avengers, we have Inhumans as, like, Inhumans and AIM are kind of like that weird, the, the big theme of it. And through it, we find, we see uh, that Modok's the villain. We get some Thor gameplay, which just, James, were you, did the Thor gameplay interest you? 
the only thing that was weird about it for me was like I didn't like how he looked when he was flying around. But okay. other than that, like I like that there's an interesting mix of like you can play him at range or you can play him up close as just a melee character. I like that they were focusing on like different abilities and different gear make your characters actually play differently. Yeah. So that that part I do like that they they have the more variation in terms of the characters. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to feel good to play control-wise at this point, but I am definitely, after this presentation, much more interested in this game than I was beforehand. Because, like, I don't know, before I was like, well, what what's the story going to be? And now we kind of know about, like, Kamala uh, getting the Avengers back together and then fixing things. And the, the systems behind the gameplay sound really interesting. So, like, I don't know. Overall, I am much more interested now than before. Gotcha. Yeah, so for me, uh, the third gameplay looked interesting at the same time. I don't know why, but watching him kind of destroy these shield things over and over and over, uh, I got bored. It was very Art, repetitive, I'll give you that. Yeah, it, looked, it already looked repetitive to a point where I was like, ah, fuck, I'm going to get bored playing this, aren't I? Um, at least, I guess, that's why there's so many characters. So you can keep switching it up to keep things interesting, maybe, yeah. but... Uh, after the Thor gameplay, they talk about kind of like attack moves and upgrade choices. So, uh, there's like three primary attacks. You have like your assault attack, your support attack, which your support attack, if you're playing with like co-op or with other characters, like the teammates will be, uh, have some form of buff or upgrade or something from your support move. And then your ultimate move, which takes time more so to charge. Cause I guess like each one of those take energy to have besides like your mainstay just like bash 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 yeah uh the ultimate is like some crazy thing like for thor they should it's like the bifrost and stuff uh where he just sends it down to beat the shit out of people uh with like the the impact of i guess like the beam and the upgrade choices like show you that you can for the upgrades you can only choose certain things so but you can move them around it looks like so they when they say like oh your thor is different than my thor they mean like oh my thor has more upgrades maybe based on supports so this is more of a support thor this thor is more of an assault thor and things like that uh so i do kind of like the where you have to try to kind of pick and choose and everything has its own strengths and weaknesses that you can focus on and things like that uh, to kind of make things stand out a little bit more. So it's just not going select character, Thor, Iron Man, Hulk, blah, 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 and things like that. Yeah. And I, I'm curious to see kind of how they all play. Um, they There were some aspects that did interest me. I, it's like, I don't know. I came out of it like... It, I came out of it excited about certain parts, but now more cautious and like ah for other parts like for me like i said like some of the combat and gameplay um mechanics felt repetitive just like watching the thor gameplay but at the same time honestly seeing like kamala khan that's what excited me the most was seeing miss marvel and just uh, i'm more excited to play as her i think than i am about the main avengers and uh one thing i did like is they have a lot of heavy comic influence on there where they're even referencing comics in the video yeah, i did like that they were yeah they they straight up were like this is the comic where this suit came from or this is where a comic where this specific ability move that we thought about came from 
Yeah, so they, they really put a lot of research into this, which I do appreciate, which that is one of the things that made me more interested was because it shows that they're putting in a lot more, I guess, uh, research and work and poss basically, I'm assuming, love into it, which is kind of what is giving me more of the benefit of the doubt for this title. Because honestly, like, when you first see these characters, it's probably because of the movies that any difference you see just makes it feel weird because you've been watching these people on the screen for so long and then you have this game and you're just like, ah! Whereas, like, I don't know, with Batman, Batman just works because he's Batman. I don't know, he just... He, he, you have Arkham is its own thing and it just stands out as its own thing because now Arkham is its own universe of Batman and it doesn't need to explain itself to anyone. Whereas Avengers it's you just think about the movie because all all people really have when it comes to that are the movies uh not necessarily the comics the vast majority of new fans are probably just fans of the movies not the comics yeah so it's very wrong, much but... like the the main portion of people are looking at that and that's why it feels weird even i look at that because uh, like like i said before the movies i could give two shits about any of these characters in the comics I didn't care about them. I was an X-Men guy. I liked, like the street characters like Daredevil and Punisher and sort of Spider-Man because of his cartoon mainly because the 90s cartoon was fucking badass. But oh, yeah. uh, other than that, like the main Avengers, I didn't give a fuck. Like there was an Iron Man show, I think at one point that was like animated. And oh, I thought that, that show was, bad. <laughs> I thought that was garbage because I, all I remember all the time was the dudes just gripping his arc reactor like, ah, oh, my heart. And I'm just like, motherfucker, it's just a dude in a metal suit with heart attacks every five seconds. And then you have uh, Rhodey coming into his war machine like, oh, what's wrong? And then because he's not the main character, he gets the shit beat out of him pretty easily. And I'm like, this show fucking sucks. Dude. Yeah. So like, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. I remember loving Iron Man as a kid, like my fifth birthday, I got, like, an Iron Man toy, and it was my fucking favorite thing for, like, a year or something like that. But, like, years later, like, recently, I went back and tried to watch, like, one episode of Iron Man on Netflix, and I was just like, oh, God, this is bad. Why did I like this? Because it's, like, the first episode, they're like, it felt like I had missed an entire season or something. <laughs> and they were just like... Awesome. Yeah, Iron Man fights Titanium Man, who is like. What is Iron Man? He was like all somehow he was like off in space or whatever, and then he like somehow crash landed back on Earth while Iron Man and uh, War Machine were fighting like the Mandarin and his like lackeys or whatever. And then Fin Fang Foom comes out of fucking nowhere, and I was like, dude, what the fuck? Why would they introduce Fin Fang Foom in, like, the first episode of Iron Man? What the that's fuck? That's a fucking... That's a dragon, right? That's, like, the weird-ass dragon, dude, yeah. Oh, Christ. And I yes. was just like, I can't believe they tried to throw all this shit into, like, the first fucking episode of Iron Man. Yeah, so, needless to say, like I said, before these movies, these characters fucking did not matter to me whatsoever. And after the movies, most of these characters don't matter to me whatsoever. <laughs> especially once they kept dragging out i'm like oh my god it's like 20 years of movies uh like uh, you know some of them are cool others are just oh god uh so we got to see that and their influence and then we saw another trailer that i kind of kept forgetting I, I kept like stop paying attention but it was about the co-op and war zone because I was more interested, because the trailer didn't really, it was just kind of whatever. I was more interested in them explaining it more so afterwards than it was. Which we do see, like, the war, war zone is, like, uh, we get two things. We have the campaign missions, or the story missions that are single player, I guess. And it's you 
going into each character's story, and that's kind of how you progress, I guess, in terms of, like, the, the solo campaign. And then Warzone's, like, multiplayer campaign, sort of, where you're going on the missions as a team of four, and you could play online or offline. So, like, offline, you go in, and it's kind of like, I guess, like Ghost Recon, where you have a squad with you, so you have the three other heroes with you as AI support. Whereas if you go in and play online, you basically, let's say I'm playing as Hulk, you're playing as Iron Man, we have someone playing as like Thor and Black Widow. Like you have that full team of people running in there and doing everything and you like, you know, plan everything out and just go in and do whatever for the mission. Yeah, I got the impression that those are basically like the Destiny um, strikes, sort of like things that are meant to be multiplayer that are meant to be played over and over again. Yeah, uh, it seems like that. And I I think it's interesting. Um, I mean, it seems like this is going to be the more long-term thing for the game. It's going to be Warzone. Yeah, that and also one thing that got me... I don't know why it got me concerned, but they also said that they were going to bring out story expansions or story yes. DLC for free, they, they did say. So that's not what worries me, that it's going to be like constant little nickel and diming you or whatever it's more just like is it going to be story unrelated to the main campaign of this game is it going to be like extra store like new stories that they're going to keep doing or are we going to get like an unfinished campaign in this and then they'll just like finish it over time because that i would really not like i'm not too sure honestly because okay so what they say is like you know Post 8A, I guess shields dismant shields uh, uh, dissolved, and a lot of it gets folded into aim. So they say after that, like you get the ant hill and resi- the resistance, which the ant hill is like your base of operations, and it's made up of everyone from like your Avengers. It's also got Inhumans that are starting to take your side. It has uh, people from Shield that didn't join aim and things like that. And together you form the resistance, which I just find it funny that you're called the resistance in a Marvel. It ju- it just sounds weird in Marvel world, I guess. And uh, in the Ant Hill, I guess you can upgrade it, upgrade the base itself, gives it more perks, kind of like I guess the division in a way. Mm. And uh, you know you've multiple characters to work with, like Shield has uh, Dun Dum Dum Dugan, uh, Nick Fury, and Maria Hill, I believe. So, like, you have all those characters uh, that help you out, which I'm like, oh, yeah, Dum Dum Dugan, let's go. Uh, and then um, I'm not too sure what Inhumans you'll work with and, like, what other stuff. But I believe also Hank Pym is, like, heading up the Ant Hill, too, because he's the one that created the base for you. That would make so sense. So we know he's already in it, but I'm pretty sure at a certain point he becomes a playable character. Uh, that's the. It sounds like that's the first DLC character they have with the DLC story will be ant-man oh, yeah they did say the ant-man was going to be the first yeah character. i forgot they already said that yeah so we'll probably it'll be more about like I, I, like i said who knows if it's going to be post aim if aim's still the enemy or if it's other stuff I'm, I'm not too sure but yeah we get all this kind of stuff and i i won't lie i'm interested uh, i don't it seems I, I see it as like uh they, they, they did say it seems like it's going to be a game as a service almost, like Destiny, like Division, where it, it is, um, you're getting more and more story and stuff, and the way it keeps you replaying it is you want to keep unlocking upgrades to your base and your characters that you're playing as, 
So you want to fully, maybe someone, there are probably people that want to upgrade every single character and fully like do that. I might even want to do that. I'm not too sure. Or there's probably people that want to just go, I just want to play as Iron Man and not play as anyone else. They just solely play as other people during the story. But then during like all the Warzone stuff, they're just Iron Man. And then they max them out and they come back anytime. Maybe there's new DLC, but otherwise they stay off of yeah. it. Honestly, that's probably going to be one of my things is just like sticking to honestly, mostly Iron Man. If I'm going to get pick up this game, because he is, I personally am more interested in Iron Man than I am the Hulk or Thor or Black Widow or, like, any of the others, really, except for maybe Kamala Khan, because she's someone that I don't really know much about, and, like I said, so far, everything we've seen of her in the trailers, I have really enjoyed. Yeah, I'm I, uh, I'm probably gravitating towards Miss Marvel, but also maybe Captain America, uh, once you oh, get to yeah, play as him. Right. Yeah, you forgot, you forgot about him, didn't you? Yeah, no, uh, I just really like Iron Man, because he's, like, a mostly normal dude who just puts on a suit of armor and can, like, fly around and shoot lasers and shit. Yeah, and I'm, I'm so... The whole thing with the campaign, too, is the campaign gives you, when you're going, you have to go through the story and stuff, and you have to play as a specific character for, like, each story mission. So, they basically have you go through trying out all the different characters. So, by the time you get to Warzone, you'll kind of have that feeling of which ones you want to, I guess, use as your main hero and stuff. So, for now, in terms of just character, I'm probably gravitating towards uh, Miss Marvel. But... Uh, I don't know by the end of it, I could be like, I really like Hulk's gameplay or I really like Black Widow's gameplay. That's I'm not true. too sure. I could end up hating Iron Man's gameplay because, I don't know, maybe I won't like flying around and shooting lasers at the same time. And maybe I will like just fucking shit up as the Hulk. I don't know. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, for now, we, we won't really know. But they did say like they're going to have another... I guess in, soon enough they'll have news regarding... Like their next set of news is the dlc character which will probably be about ant-man and their beta and i think something else i forget what it was but they said like stay tuned for this in the future and i was like all right uh which that was everything from avengers and then we had the night city wire episode one which was like a 25 minute video about cyberpunk 2077 and they said this is episode one they said like their next episode will be in like a few weeks or something so probably somewhere in mid-july and we'll just probably get a few until release, which is kind of cool, honestly. I, I, this one I was more interested in. More so, I think, just because I'm more interested in Cyberpunk. Like, I don't know if I'll even buy Avengers. Uh, it seems like it's going to be a f- cool team game. So, like, depending on uh, what if I get it for PlayStation or Xbox, who I'm playing with and whatnot. And uh, I might just wait for reviews first, because I'm probably buying it digitally anyway. Because yeah, um, I'm... Idea. I'm starting to switch towards digital for certain things, but like like Last of Us, I got physically. I'm getting Ghost of Tsushima physically. I'm probably getting Cyberpunk physically. Uh, it really just depends on the level of like my interest in a game. I guess if for that makes me, sense. like I just prefer digital overall. But it, generally, the things I prefer to have digital, if I, uh, I'm kind of phrasing this wrong. Multiplayer games, I think, are more useful if you buy them multi or buy them digitally, because then you don't have to keep switching out your discs every time you. Oh yeah, that makes sense. But if it's something that's just like a single player story, like The Last of Us or whatever, that like once you're done, you don't need it on your hard drive anymore. That I think is more worthwhile to get as a disc. I think. All right. So yeah, Night City Wire. We had a trailer starting off, 
And it, it was more like a showing off the world itself and kind of what's going on. And then they go up and say, yeah, so everything you saw in that trailer was just in the prologue of the game. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck, dude, this is big. <laughs> dude, like, so a bunch of people that got to try it out at the uh, preview event have basically said it's, like, overwhelming how much stuff there is in the game to, like, play Like The Witcher with. 3, which I was like, this is too big. Because, like... So I think last time when I said that I am for whatever reason less hyped than most people seem to be about this game, I think definitely part of that is like I do not believe that they will be able to make a game as like flawlessly like smooth as they have shown so far. But like, I don't know if, if literally everyone who has tr- actually played it so far is like, no, 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 it's, it's that good. I'm actually starting to get hyped at about it because it's like, oh, well, if they can actually like The Witcher, I know, was like really like one of the most high quality games in a long, long time. But yeah. there was something about Cyberpunk that seemed like it's too dense. It'd be too hard to make all these things look right in first person. I don't know why. I was just like, there's no way they're going to make it uh, like as good as they say they want to make it. But currently all signs show that they're actually doing it. So I'm starting to get hyped about it at this point. Yeah, I think before I wasn't as excited because I didn't play The Witcher yet, but also uh, the theme itself, even though I'm heavily involved in like development of cyberpunk stuff, like I've worked on a live action kind of nerf, an augmented reality nerf game that's squad based and everything else before when I was at school and it was heavily cyberpunk. Oh yeah. And the current game I'm working right now, Hereth is kind of like cyberpunk animal crossing a little bit so it's like i i've been kept in that theme in terms of development for the most part and with this now like and everything else like it, it, my interest has grown I, I just i think before yeah i wasn't thinking about it because of everything else but now like i said play the witcher and doing all this other stuff i'm like okay i'm more and more excited about this as it comes plus just the theme like night city wire episode one just all that kind of developer stuff with it just it feels really cool it it just it feels nifty we're in a world where we don't really get developer podcasts anymore so this is like this is the stuff i like like this and uh like nutty dog has a podcast actually now for like last of us and stuff like that this is those are the kinds of things i really like is is these i think that's another insane thing for me is like they this is only episode one and they already showed off so much shit in just this one video about like basically just the prologue and it was 25 minutes like they kept it short and simple and that's what i loved about it. it they got to the point they didn't oversaturate it. It was just a great length of time. Also that. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like this game is going to be dense in like yeah. a good way. Like I like. That's why. How'd you sorry. like that they showed off the, the part where you're basically like one of the jobs that you could do is scrubbing through like death, like basically snuff Oh, films? the brain dance? Yeah, but it's like instead of just watching someone die, you experience their death, and you get yeah, to like I was, edit it. That was shit. actually the last topic of uh, all the stuff I had listed. But now we well, could just start with that uh, um, after the trailer. But yeah, so yeah, the brain dancing. I thought, dude, that was fucking awesome because you're, you're going through. And I feel like also that's useful for clues when you actually. It's like um, you know how Geralt tracks monsters and stuff when yeah. he like goes through and does that. Like this is kind of 
similar to that where if you're trying to find where something is supposed to go or something like that that is actually something that's i find useful or like that's really tight but also the fact that they use this for the media in that world where that's how you watch like videos and things that's creepy as hell i mean that's kind of it's really cool but it's scary at the same time like oh yeah. shit fucking future man like i loved the part where you like the the guy that you are experiencing or whatever gets shot or whatever and it's like oh hey notice there was a camera right over the entrance that camera feeds to the computer screen behind the cash register go over there and like literally watch the security footage to figure out who it was that killed that guy in his blind spot i thought that was really interesting yeah it, i it, god it was uh, when they were describing it too because they had like the lore guy there and everything else i was like dude this is crazy and honestly also it, it wants me to it makes me want to check out cyberpunk 2020 which is i think it's more like um like a tabletop game yeah itself yeah but I, I at least want to look really into it and just kind of yeah, and I, I want to check it out a bit. And, like, they did have one of the characters from it. They said, like, that really super metal character, like, more robotic than human, was from Cyberpunk 2020, which was kind of cool. Huh. Uh, I remember them saying it at some point. But, yeah, brain dancing was tight. Because, uh, I mean, the fact that they call it brain dance, I thought that was interesting, too. Uh, they show off uh, one of the factions, I guess, called the Vox, which are, like, uh, a gang of people that are started by a woman who was protecting kind of sex workers that were both female and male. And so, like, uh, it's, like, kind of people that are just... It's, like, a vigilante gang group that just protects uh, sex workers, which I thought was really tight. Uh, they also show off the Badlands, which I didn't even know there was Badlands. Yeah, you go outside the city, apparently. Yeah, and it, it, I won't lie, it reminded me... Um, yeah, and I won't lie, it reminded me of the... Uh, that shitty part of... In GTA Five, where Trevor's from, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it looked like that. That's the first thing I thought of was sort of that, and then a little bit of Borderlands, but uh, not. But yeah, it looks like it'll be cool in its own way. Uh, I'm excited to see how kind of it plays out, and I just wasn't. It, it felt very out of place because you know when you think cyberpunk, you think uh, urban dystopia in the future, whereas you're seeing kind of weird rural dust bowl utopia. Or dystopia, not utopia. Definitely not a utopia. Yeah. Like, it seems like... Excuse me. That was my water bottle. Seems like Ooh. mostly, uh, I guess, the cities are definitely where all the cyberpunky stuff happens. But it's just, like, the area outside the city... Maybe I'm just, like, extrapolating from nothing. But it seems like the area outside of the city, no one just, like, gives a shit about or whatever. Yeah. And that, that's why there's, like, literally almost nothing there, it seems like. I would agree. And yeah, it's just going to be, it's going to be cool seeing it. And I'm, ex it's, you know, we got an episode too soon, but they, they kept going. <laughs> they kept going, James. Uh, they showed you Ripper docs, which are kind of the guys that give you the modifications uh, to your cyberpunk or your cyber, your cyber, your cyborg, like implants or whatever, your modifications to your body. So, and they said like, there's different ones that you'll have different relationships with and all that kind of stuff, which I thought was cool. So that's something to look forward to in terms of just really bringing this world to life and expanding upon the cyberpunk theme that honestly, for the most part, the mainstream of people have only seen cyberpunk from was probably Blade Runner. Yeah, that's probably a good, 
good guess. Uh, they also talked about uh, PS4. When you get it on PS4, you can get it on PS5 for free. It's free upgrade, just like Xboxes. Honestly, I thought it was kind of. I, I was not shocked. It just made sense. I would have been shocked if they said it wasn't. Uh, yeah. I was just honestly expecting it. It wouldn't have made any sense if they didn't do it. And then uh, the last thing was an anime that they announced by uh, Trigger Studios that's coming to Netflix in 2022, and it's called Cyberpunk 2077 Edge Runners. And it's going to be like a total different story with different characters, but it's just more upon expanding on the world. And it's just, uh, it looks like it's a Jap. I think it's a Japanese studio. I could be wrong. I don't want to be, um, I, I know that I, I'm not, I honestly, I'm not too sure, but I'm pretty sure it's a Japanese studio since they're doing anime, uh, that is, uh, developing it. And I'm excited to see that in two years, <laughs> two, two, two years. But it, it should be cool seeing, like, more stories and stuff. Which reminds me, if I, I can't remember whether or not... I think I did, but I have no rec- recollection of it. I need to rewatch the Cyber... Not Cyberpunk, uh, the Blade Runner anime they did. That that short anime? I didn't came know out. they did that. Yeah, there was, like, it was something about an event called The Blackout or something. Um, I'm pretty sure. And then I'm pretty sure there's also going to be comics now for Cyberpunk as well. So I'm kind of curious, uh, just because I don't... I, I still have to get into, like, the Witcher books and stuff. But if Cyberpunk's kind of coming from the ground up, with the only thing before this game being the tabletop game, in terms of, like, getting story and lore and whatever from the world, uh, it's, a, it's a great, fresh world to just kind of dive into, where there's not really many strings attached or, like, uh, luggage with it. Whereas, like, I jumped into The Witcher 3, which is luggage is two other games and an entire book series. Yeah. So, you know, it, this is a great, it's, it's just a nice fresh, it, it just looks fresh and I'm, I'm excited for it. But that's it for the Cyberpunk news, James. So that's it for all of our news also as well. So we have time to just kind of, without any big stuff, uh, talk about what we've been playing and watching. And uh, like, I believe we talked about it before, but we're going to do a standalone episode special that is a Last of Us Part 2 spoiler cast. Uh, we may or may not, depending on uh, if they will want to work with us on it, we may or may not have a third host from another show. Uh, we'll see uh, for that one, just for that episode, because uh, they also pretty much we all finished the game at the same time. But we'll we'll basically go in depth on it, everything from the story, characters, everything else. But uh, that'll come sooner rather than later. I just haven't put down a specific record date. Once it's recorded, though, I'll edit it pretty quickly and have it out but we'll just see when it is but uh yeah so what we watched and played james did you want to go first since last time i did the uh cw rant yeah so i guess i'll skip what i've played because like we're gonna talk about the last of us at some point in the future but that's basically mostly been uh, what i've been doing since uh, last we talked so i'll just start going through some of my older shows that i like never got around to talking about so one show that I could take like a minute or two on is the show that I just like found on Disney plus. It's one of the national geographic shows. Cause I like to watch documentaries every once in a while. Mm. This one was called lost cities with, I think Albert Lynn. Yes. And what I found like fascinating about this show was that they were just using brand new technology to find like ancient structures in like the, 
the South America that no one had ever seen before. Uh, and like basically what they would do is they would use like LIDAR scanners. They would, they would use like attach a LIDAR scanner to a drone and just like fly it over a valley. And then using that LIDAR data, they were able to like immediately just cut out all the trees because apparently LIDAR can do that. And then they were able to be like, oh, hey, these areas over here have like a much more regular structure than what would be natural. So maybe there's some stuff over there. And like literally they were, they would go to people who had been studying like uh, South American cultures for like years and years. Mm-hmm. And they'd like be like, hey, do you, or would you be cool with us like scanning the valley that you have been like exploring for years and years? And they're like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And they'd do it and they'd show them the data that they found. And they'd be like literally several times within like just like the first few episodes, the people that they were working with were like, what's that over there in that part of the map? I've literally never seen that before. And then they would go there and fucking find like new structures that had not been seen by human eyes in like however oh, many wow. years. And I was just like, and uh, Albert would like would literally take out his iPad and be like, yeah, I have the map data on my iPad. I can literally use it. And it's like LIDAR scanner to just like, just cut out all the trees. And like, it's like, it's, I'm looking through a mirror or not a mirror, like a window that just, I can see the structure that we're trying to get to from like miles away because I can just like see through the trees using this like uh, application. I just thought it was like, if that's what technology is allowing researchers to do nowadays, like, cause I've been mostly studying biochemistry for the last like few years or whatever. Like, so I know the kinds of things happening there, but this is like, I guess the field of like anthropology or whatever. Like, yeah. It's just insane. The like that literally some dude with a little bit of new technology was able to find shit that people who had been studying these cultures had not seen in like years and years, just cause like sometimes it's really hard to get through these like forests. Like they're just so dense. I just thought it was like a fascinating little show. The power of iPads. Yeah. And like LIDAR technology or whatever. No, that's uh, pretty awesome. And uh, do you want to do one or should I do one more? Uh, you can do one more and I'll do two after that. Uh, so one that's probably, oh man, I, I hope I remember most <laughs> of it, but it's like a long time ago when it came out initially, I watched Castlevania season two and I very much liked it, but I didn't like it as much as the first season, if I'm going to be honest. Like, did you ever watch the second Castlevania season? Well, yeah, they they already had three. Wait, what? Wait. They've had three seasons. Oh, shit. Okay, I mean season three. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, okay, so you're talking about the post-Dracula season, Yeah, the post-Dracula season. I totally... Yeah, no, I I know what you mean. Because, like, literally, I forgot that the season one and two were different seasons, because it's... it The two... It feels like one. It feels like one season. Because the first season is, what, four episodes? Basically. It feels like they just took a movie and cut it up into, like, four parts or whatever. So... I think my biggest problem was I remember watching through the series, like the first two seasons first before I watched the third season. Cause I was like, I, I want to catch up on like, or not catch up, but like refresh myself on what I, what happened or whatever. And it's just like, I still love that scene where Alucard and Dracula are fighting through the castle and they're just like destroying each other. And they end up in Dracula in Alucard's bedroom and Dracula just like, 
has that epiphany of like, oh my god, what am I doing? I'm killing my son. And he just like lets Alucard kill him. And like I thought it was such a great, sad, tragic scene. And like they made me feel bad for Dracula somehow. And but then like this the third season Again, I liked it, but it just, it never quite hit the highs as season two did. It's a lot different. And it is very different. And I thought it was interesting that they kind of cover that there are like evil factions in the world generally that are trying to bring Dracula back. I mean, they they have four separate, um, the way I talked about it, I think I talked about it on the show before, but they have four separate view, uh, or four separate, um, character viewpoints uh where you have like what uh uh what's his name trevor and uh cypher in one you have alicard in the second you have uh what was the the guy loyal to dracula oh man i don't remember in the third season yeah, he was the the dude that like goes keeps creating the demons and then like he takes over that area yeah, so my problem was, like, I so expected that when they finally revealed his name, that he was going to be called Shaft. Because that is a reoccurring character in the Castlevania series. He is, like, the sorcerer that keeps trying to bring back Dracula. But they didn't make that Shaft. He was just some random guy that was trying to keep or bring Dracula back. So I, I literally cannot remember his name because it's just not Shaft. Okay, and then the the fourth one was uh, the other guy that betrays Dracula and works with um, uh, what's her name, the the female vampire and her sister, and then they introduce her oh, like three sisters, yeah. Hector. Hector, yeah. Uh, so you have like those four different uh, areas going on, and like uh, what it felt like, James. Uh, if I don't know if you'll agree with me on this, but like you know. Season one of Castlevania kind of builds up to season two and it feels like a part one to part two. And this feels like a totally different thing. Uh, What I felt with it, it didn't necessarily feel like filler, but it felt like a prologue or a build up to the season season four. Basically, Like I feel like season four is going to be a lot more interesting and a lot more stuff happening. Uh, This just felt like the kind of stepstone. So it's not as exciting. You're just kind of like, ah, okay, this is happening, but yeah, I, uh, I would season very much agree with you there. It, it feels like they were setting up a bunch of things to go on, to be a thing in the next season or two or whatever, however long they're expecting to keep the show going. But like, it definitely didn't feel like the conclusion to a story. It was the start to a bunch of others. Because also, yeah. like, I forget his name, but like the black dude who's also a, um, uh, oh god, what are they even? What's his? They're like not blacksmiths. Called. They're uh, soul, soul smiths. Maybe it's soul smith. Uh, he basically Isaac. Is, that was his name. That's Isaac. his name. Isaac and Hector. Like so, he is definitely. And used, the the main vampire chick was uh, Carmilla. Yeah. So he's using his like soul forge abilities to just like go around and just create an army of the dead. I do remember there being one really fascinating scene where he like is just sitting in the desert somewhere surrounded by his monsters. And he is just like, I guess, lonely. And he asks like the one that can speak good English to like come forward. And there's like this weird bug man thing that he just like talks to for like a little bit. I don't even remember what their conversation was about, but I just thought it was so interesting that like, there's still 
some part of what like the humans left in there he just like turns them into monsters yeah yeah that's pretty cool but again like he his story doesn't ever really come to a head it's just like he's making an army yes. oh no he does fight that one dude and and free that town i totally forgot about that oh my god he frees the town but he also pretty much just kind of it seems like they were all pretty dying or dead anyway yeah and he just was gonna take them and turn them into demons anyway too yeah yeah so it's really weird because he's they're still they're still fucked up at the end of the day but you, you see like there's one that's evil and then there's one that's sort of more evil but they're both evil and it's 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 interesting to yeah. say the least all right my uh mine are i guess so hmm talk about one movie and one game real fast so first uh, movie i watched uh this is a while ago since like um I have that whole fucking list of both that I never got through because of, like, just no time. But uh, Jurassic Park, I rewatched, And the last time I think I watched it was five years ago, maybe. I remember I was at school. And just rewatching it, it, it just brought a lot of great memories of just kind of the series and everything else. And it was one of the... It was, I think, the first or second time I've watched it again after reading the books and just kind of seeing the differences with it where like I, I start to understand that the movies are just kind of all two books kind of put into one like um the the first movie isn't even like the book that much to a point where it feels like this third movie has a lot of the same style because like the t-rex is like chasing the main characters in the book and the t-rex in Jurassic Park doesn't really do that it's more so the spinosaurus in the third one so yeah. it was just kind of it was interesting seeing the differences now especially also differences in the characters from like the lawyer to hammond to uh muldoon who's the uh australian guy it's like shooter <laughs> uh the gamekeeper i believe that's his name or that's his uh title but uh there's a lot of differences with them uh or uh, this, uh like uh, what's his face um how did I just forget his name? Holy shit. Uh, Dr. Malcolm. That's the character's name, Dr. Malcolm. Uh, played by... Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Oh. Jeff Goldblum's character? Jeff Goldblum, yeah. yeah Fuck, yeah, yeah. how am I... I'm forgetting... I kept thinking Orlando Bloom for some reason. I don't know why. Jeff Goldblum, Orlando Bloom. Just the Blooms. Bloom, Bloom and me out, man. So... Uh, like in the book, he's like a, a lot younger. He's like some prodigy mathematician or something crazy like that but uh just yeah like i said just and i think also dr sattler uh who is played by laura dern uh she's a lot younger she's like a kind of like the assistant to uh dr dr uh dr grant dr grant's you know the main character yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, uh, he's a lot older and kind of heavier a little bit. He's kind of chubby and like, she's a lot younger, like a graduate student. That's just like his assistant. And it's just interesting seeing all the differences now where I'm like, wow, okay. That would have been actually weird if they had done that in the movie. Cause people would have probably felt a little weird about it, uh, but, <laughs> but it made more sense in the book or like Hammond being an asshole in the books and not just being like this naive old man in the movies and stuff like that. 
but it, it's just cool seeing all the differences, really. Uh, not much to say about the movie itself, but it's just, uh, if you ever read the book and watch the movie again after, it's a, it's really cool seeing the differences. And then uh, oldest game I got on here is uh, Doom 2016. So I played it, and I know everyone was fussing about it, and of course fussing especially when Doom Eternal came out. And Doom 2016, it was fine. I wasn't blown away by it or anything. I just, I, I honestly played through it. I had no idea what was happening. I wasn't even, I had no inclination to pay attention uh, to the story. I know people say like the story isn't even really important. You're just going around to kill it's shit. It's not. It's like, it's literally just like doom guy hates demons. Doom guy kills demons. <laughs> yeah. So I ran through and did it. I'm just like, yeah, it's a pretty metal soundtrack, man. And, like, the, the cool, like, aspects of the sound design that just, they mix, like, the weapons with the music, which I thought was really cool. And that, like, on in terms of the listening point, that was probably the coolest part. Otherwise, I think just because I was more enjoying things like Wolfenstein and its pace and everything else, this was just kind of like, all right, arena shooter style, just kill, 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 kill. And I was like, some of this stuff, like the moves you do once of the monsters is cool, but otherwise, like, I just, at the end of it, I was like, ah, oh, shit, I'm probably gonna forget about this in three months. <laughs> Weird. Because <laughs> like, it's literally, I had, like, the opposite effect when I played it. I was just like, I will never fucking forget this, because it's literally, it, and it's not really the story to it, it's more just like, uh, I had not played a shooter in a while that had felt that fluid and fast-paced i guess mm-hmm. like even when it comes to like call of duty like call of duty like time to kill is very fast and stuff but typically you are moving somewhat slowly because you're going from cover to cover you're trying not to get hit and stuff doom guy like if you stay still like you're gonna get fucked so i thought it was like it felt different to any other shooter that i had played in a long time and even though i never was that into the original doom like i could see that it felt like how the original doom felt where you're just sliding around and constantly moving and shooting enemies so it's like i like personally just thought it was interesting that they created such a fast-paced like shooter that still felt like the original enough i don't know but you know teach it teach it around yeah just i would say out of all the quarantine all this quarantine all the games i've probably played in quarantine this is probably the least memorable of them all Mm -hmm. uh which, like I said, it's, I, I don't know, I'm just, I'll, I'll still probably, I think I'll still play Doom Eternal. I just, I don't have the drive to like, I don't know, it's just not a franchise I'm now not really interested in. And I'm, I'm seeing more and more that I'm more of a Wolfenstein kind of guy Fair in enough. terms of like kind of between those two, I guess. Not comparing them or anything, but just like when I feel like a, a Bethesda shooter, I guess that's the one I more so lean towards. I also like, I guess one of the things I liked about the game is that Doom Guy never really even says a word, but somehow they still make him so expressive in like little ways. Mm-hmm. Like, like the scene where you are, you have to like shut down the Argent energy stream or whatever. And Samuel Hayden is just like, okay, now carefully remove this thing and shut out, uh, shut it off, and Doom Guy just like rips it out and just destroys. Oh, is it. that the robot guy, right? Yeah, and it's just like, he, literally, literally, Doom Guy is so against anything to do with hell 
that this guy is just like no literally like all of earth's energy like all humanity's energy is like dependent on this like do not destroy it and doom guy's just like fuck it i don't care it's just like literally he's just like you have no idea how far back you just sent back humanity and doom guy doesn't even say a fucking word i don't know why i just thought that was really clever how they were able to have the character express his disdain for everything that was going on without him even saying a single word or even showing his face because you're in first person the whole time Mm, i get that no definitely i mean honestly when you look into it if you look into the world there's actually a lot of cool lore if you're into that kind of thing but i'm like already i've i'm already married to other lores so i can't i wasn't really trying to frequent this one like the, the, the there i think there's some cool shit about um some doom knights or something but yeah like you get yeah. you find little things around the environment to give you backstory on like certain demons and how they come to be and stuff like that but it doesn't you don't need to really read into that just to like blow the shit out of them i guess yeah and then uh yeah the, those are uh two i'd want to talk about james do you want to yeah, it's an, we're about a little bit over an hour and a half in. You want to try to go a little bit further and just get to knock out a few more? I could probably do at least one more. All right, yeah, go for yours, and I'll, I might do another... I might do, like, a trilogy just to knock them all out at once, probably, but yeah, right. go for it. So one thing that I got to watch a while ago was Archer Season 10, which I had been excited for for a very long time because it's been, like, the last few seasons they've just been doing, like... Those themes, right? Yeah, like they themed. do like a different theme almost. Yeah, and this season was all like space themed, and it was very, very much supposed to be reminiscent of like sci-fi's like Alien and other kind of not super far distant future things. But I don't know. It was weird. Like, but I, I, I love Archer. It's a very, very fun show. Very funny. The only problem I had with this season is that it didn't really lean into the the space theme stuff for the entire season. Because, like, the last couple episodes, like, shit starts to get weird. And, like, char- so, like, characters in this season were, like, some of them were, like, a little bit different. Like, uh, Pam was, like, a weird, like, rock alien thing type of thing. Oh. Or, like, a, like, a weird giant callousy alien and but there would be moments where she'd like flash into like normal pam style and i was just like that's weird why is this show doing that now and like literally by the end they had a story going but by the like last episode of the season it just like completely devolves into nothing because archer is like sure he's going insane because nothing seems to quite make sense anymore and it actually finally ends with him waking up from his coma so, so all the different, all the different seasons worth of themes were him in a coma. Was yeah, it was all him in a coma dream because he did get shot like a few seasons ago, and we thought he was just dead or whatever, and they were like using that as an excuse to do something different with the show. But yeah, so now he's like actually awake. He he wakes up in the hospital, and like the only one there is his his mom Mallory, and she basically breaks it to him that like you've been in a coma for like three years and the implication is like things are very different but we don't know how different or like where everyone else is but it's just interesting that like archer might finally actually be back on track for like 
going back to normal-ish or whatever. Like, it's not like I didn't enjoy the last few seasons. I thought it was interesting that they were doing themed things. I just, like, it's not the same, I guess. So, because uh, when did this, so you're saying season 10 is space. What was season, the last few seasons, the different themes? And uh, I guess, like, it was, was it three seasons, basically? Yeah, oh, man, I, I'm i going to... Wasn't there a noir one? There was a noir one. And then was there, like, an adventure one and or the, something? Like, I think the last season was, like, Archer was a former, like, World War One pilot who now runs, like, a plane shipping business or whatever. Like, he flies a plane around, oh, God, like, the Philippines or something? Like, he, no. Oh, yeah, I think that's the it more adventure one. Yeah, yeah it, right? It was somewhere so, tropical. Gotcha. So that was season's... So seasons eight through ten are like those three. Yeah. So I don't. I need to. So I just. Um. I got access to my sister's Hulu. Oh yeah. Account. Uh. Which now I. I. It, I've now completed the collection of Prime Video, Netflix, Hulu, DC Universe, HBO Max, uh, Disney Plus, and uh, I think I'm all missing is CBS All Access, which I'm just kind of like I don't need that, and I don't have Apple TV Plus or whatever either, and I'm just like ah, it's whatever. Um. And I think I have Peacock now. It's like part of Xfinity, which is weird. But uh, yeah, with Hulu, I was looking on. I'm like, oh, finally, all these FX shows I've been wanting to like watch or like throw on there. Like, uh, finally finish Archer, catch up on Brooklyn Nine Nine, finally watch what we do in the shadows, uh, Atlanta, Snowflake, stuff like that. Uh, I'm excited to like get to these shows and stuff, and not worry. Oh, and Handmaid's Tale. I've heard that's good and stuff too. So it like, is, I'm excited but it's to very heavy. Oh damn. So. Yeah, I'm excited to jump through all that stuff. I'll probably start with the things I never got to finish. So, I mean, I really want to do what what we do in the shadows, but at the same time, I'd rather um, Archer and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I think, are the first two I want to kind of hit because I want to get to where I left off. But I'm curious to see where I'm at and how far I am away from that stuff. But I'm excited because also it's like, you know, 30-minute episodes, so it's easy to... It feels nice yeah. to just kind of blast through Archer. Cartoon. I think that's why cartoons feel better because they're thirty minutes. Archer is still one of my like the most bingeable shows. Like it is really easy to just start watching an episode and you're just like, holy shit! I watched a whole season today. What the fuck? <laughs> do they still do Bob's Burgers? Oh, that's... or did they stop that show? That's a good question. I don't know because I just added that, but I don't know if I'm actually caught up or not. But I'm gonna check it out eventually and everything else. Alright, so uh, mine is actually a trilogy, just because uh, a lot of the games I played... So 2016, I've only talked about Song of the Deep and Song of the Deep and now Doom. Uh, nine of them were all just trilogy remastered collections for like Assassin's Creed, Bioshock, and Uncharted. And then like a bunch of other... Uh, like I want to say four or five other games after that. But uh, I guess I'd rather talk about one of the remastered collections first, just to kind of knock them out. Plus it makes my giant like... Uh, agenda list on my phone smaller for the next episode to carry over so it just kind of knocks out three things but uh the assassin's creed Ezio collection that was remastered originally uh, i played on ps3 and uh now played them again on ps4 and oh my god james those god so i haven't played assassin's creed in a long time like i fell behind because my backlogs kind of fucked me over a bit so, like, I think I eventually kind of played Black Flag, and then I was really behind by the time I got to Unity. And then Syndicate, uh, I f- 
played earlier this, uh, like it was either late 2019 or early 2020 that I played it and got through it. So I still haven't touched Origin or Odyssey. I don't know what these new ones feel like. So as a, and Assassin's Creed is one of my favorite franchises of like modern games. And I, I feel weird always being behind on it, but I also was like, I could get to those sooner by not doing any remastered collections, but I really wanted to kind of play the greatest hits of what I really loved from the PS3 360 generation. And playing the Ezio trilogy made me remember that those are probably still my favorite Assassin's Creed games so far. I like them more easily than Unity and Syndicate and Rogue. Uh, In my opinion, Ezio is still one of the most likable main characters that they've had. He is still the top, he is definitely my, the top character, but also it's really weird seeing like how I feel about the direction. So like everyone, I know it, it, I have a very unpopular opinion. Like everyone always says Black Flag's the best. Edward Kenway is the best character. I don't know about I, that. I, I've never cared much about that game. Like it's really cool being pirates and stuff like that, but I, I never really cared yeah. too much for it. I and, liked the open world aspect of it. And I liked that you could just like stop your ship anywhere, jump off and just like literally swim to an island. And there, it's not like a loading screen or anything, but I never yeah. was personally that connected to Edward Kenway as a character. I also personally hated that you go through the entire game and he's not technically an assassin at any point. Yeah, and I I, I still, like, um, th- I'm, I'm excited, too, because I know with um, Odyssey, they did a remaster of 3, as well as uh, Liberation. Yeah. So, I, I actually enjoyed Liberation a bit. Um, I just uh, didn't like 3 that much. Oh, 3? Okay, so I actually really liked 3 when I played it back then. I just didn't like the, the, the future stuff. I was, I was more sad that Desmond died, but yeah. I'm, I'm excited to like eventually get to it again. But uh, it's not really what I want to talk about right now. More so uh, Ezio trilogy of just like, I don't know. I, I There was all the, I think it's the development of the character that I love the most. Because it's like three games you flesh out this guy and you have his story go through all these different years. And even in each game, like years pass, especially in two. You see, like, yeah. so so much happen. You see him actually grow physically in terms of, like, you see his facial hair starting to appear, uh, the detail of, like, where he first got hit in the rock, where his face gets scarred a little bit, and the music itself, too, by Jesper Kidd, just, it just works so freaking well. And, uh, like, 2 starts it off, and especially, like, I remember playing 1, and it was hella repetitive. Altair was cool, but I didn't really get into it. I, I love the medieval theme, though. And two, like, you, you get the Renaissance, and just playing as Ezio just felt amazing because he's a ch- charismatic character uh, with a t- an Italian accent, and it just feels really fun to play. And when you get to Brotherhood, they just perfect the gameplay, it feels like. And it gives you a cool system that makes it, like, bigger. Uh, I was glad there was no multiplayer in it, but basically, like, you know, everything from kind of managing assassins and stuff and having the support of other assassins so, like you can call them in and they help you out and you upgrade them and like you have a fully powerful like master assassin with you and how much like help they give you it, it just it's such an awesome feeling when you do all that kind of stuff and when you get to revelation uh this is probably arguably my favorite assassin's creed is revelations which 
I know for a lot of people it's a, it's like a weird third story with Ezio, but it has Altair in it too. And I think that's why I love it so much is because I love um, having Altair in this game just because I really liked Altair and I didn't feel like with the game he was in, it didn't give you much from it. Whereas I actually got... Plus it was just really cool in Revelations, the the scenes with, that where you play as Altair and you get to sort of... Not even those scenes, but like the, you get to see or at least learn what he did after Assassin's Creed 1, like what he learned from the Apple of Eden. Yeah. Like I thought that was fascinating. You get like his full story and like the tragedy that happens with him as well. And like I played um, one of my other favorite games that I think it worked because it was like Assassin's Creed 1, but it just worked so well because it was a portable game was... Uh, I believe it's called Bloodlines on PSP, where it's like Altair and Cyp- Cyprus, and it's where he kind of meets uh, his future wife, Maria Thorpe, who's like a Templar knight, and he turns her to his side, and like you see her in Revelations, and you watch her die in Revelations, and you just feel hella sad, especially if you play that PSP game, because you're like, oh shit, I follow these characters through like a PS3 game, and then a PSP game, and then they're in another PS3 game, and, uh, and then I played it again on PS4, <laughs> and stuff like that. But uh, just having the characters intertwine and stuff and the ending of, like, Ezio talking to Desmond where he's like, I have no idea who you are, how you're even listening to this, but, you know, like, the, the weird future people told me about you. Uh, and, like, you know, my story's done. Yours is probably still going. Good luck and things like that. And uh, how much of a relationship there is between them and stuff uh it just felt, and obviously how different Assassin's Creed probably is now compared, it's like there's kind of three eras of Assassin's Creed. There's the Desmond era, which is like, you know, the trilogy with everything else and the trilogy within the trilogy. Uh, then you have the the kind of like later half era, which it's like the Kenway stuff uh, with uh, the pirates and Templars and like revolutions and things like that. And it's kind of, I think that's where everyone kind of fell off and it got lost. And now you have the new era, which is like the RPG era, where I, I have, like I said, I haven't played it, so I can't really say much about it, but it seems like it's a lot different. It's massive. It's just a lot more like an actual RPG with Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I haven't played uh, the last two either. From what I've heard from people that like the originals, it's not the same. Not at all. Like, the, they don't like that it just feels like an RPG. Like, it, it just, like, it's Assassin's Creed in name but not assassin's creed and dna mm. from what i've from what i've heard like That's i said weird. i haven't played it so i don't want to have a full opinion on it yet. i don't also, want to say it we've also definitely heard people that say they just absolutely enjoy the games like i don't know about i can't remember if greg miller was into origins but i know he like loved odyssey but I don't, that's the thing. I, I think I brought in new people that didn't maybe like the older games. That's a good point. So it has a different set of fan bases. And now playing, like I said, playing the Ezio trilogy, like um, I, I've, I can say I like these earlier titles now playing them before and after four and five and rogue and things like that. So like, oh, and it's basically more than Black Flag, more than Unity and Syndicate and Rogue. Like, all four of those games, I could say I like those more. I can't say with, like, three, just because I, I do want to replay three now when, once I get the chance for that. But I do remember liking three from what I did play. I know people didn't like the character, but I do remember it being, like, interesting to me. Oh, yeah, gameplay-wise, but, it was fine. I just didn't... I thought that... 
I would be much more interested in the setting of the American Revolution than I ended up being, I guess. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. So, that said, yeah, so that's kind of what I was just getting from the Ezio collection there. So, kind of now finishing, like, having played this after Syndicate, just because Syndicate was the last thing I needed before now getting ready for Origins, which now, honestly, it was a great time to do it during the quarantine because i honestly blasted through these games and like a matter i would beat a game in like two to three days maybe two days i would get through each one and i'd be like yeah i went through these oh so did you not go for like collectibles or anything no no i could i could have platinum these games probably uh well actually no no because then there's like the whole at a certain point it got to that annoying thing that i didn't like was where you start getting graded on the sequences so it's you get like a score or whatever yeah it's like oh you have to get the full score to get all the trophies and i'm like nah fuck that uh also i platinum two originally i think three in revelations i didn't because of the multiplayer stopped me uh but i had like all these remastered collections uh were all games that i had platinumed in the ps3 days so i didn't feel at first, I felt like I wanted to do it again, but then I was like, I already had that adventure. I already did that full, like, deep dive, 100% it. I just want to enjoy it now and not have to deal with that kind of stuff. So, I I did. I went through it, and I enjoyed the shit out of it. And, yeah, that was, that was my time with uh, Ezio Collection, which I will say, like, the next thing I do have is Origins, because that's... All, all I have left is to play is Origins and Odyssey, and I guess the three remaster stuff. But uh, now that I'm in 2017, which I've already gotten through uh, South Park, uh, I beat that in two days also, uh, right after Last of Us, because I just needed to play something else. But uh, I'm already playing Horizon now. And uh, after that, so 2017, I got, after uh, Horizon, I got South Park Fractured Butthole. I have Assassin's Creed Origins, so I'm very, very close to it. And then I have uh, added it because PlayStation Plus gave it for free, but Call of Duty World War II, which I'm just going to run through the campaign really fast. Oh, I, yeah, I'm not I should put that sure on my list because I also played that. <laughs> yeah, and then um, Shadow of War and then Uncharted Lost Legacy. So 2017, this is like my goal is to get through all of these before Ghost of Tsushima comes out. That's like my main current goal. But... Yeah, uh, I've still, like I said, I have a ton of games to talk about. I'll probably, when it comes to the current games right now, I'll go through the remastered collections first. So next episode, that's probably what I'm going to talk about, along with, like, some other movies. But once I'm done with those, I can get through, like, the main, like, other 2016 games I played, along with some Steam stuff. But all right. I think that's all we got time for for today. Keeping it under two hours, guys. A little bit shorter than the last time as well. Trying to, you know, get it back to a sense of... Just normalcy of not too long for you guys, so we don't take all your time and whatnot. But once again, if you want to email us, leave us some uh, feedback, positive or negative, or if you want us to read a question on the show, whether it's uh, about maybe a specific movie, game TV show, or news that just happened, or anything really, just ask us anything, because I'm I'm curious to see what people would want to know. Just email us at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. Uh, this, of course, will be in the show notes. When you look in there, you'll see that kind of stuff. Uh, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can at Suture Side Talk. That's uh, also where we post like links to all the uh, platforms when the new episode comes out, along with uh, I'll do tweet-sized opinion pieces. I haven't done them lately, but I'm hopefully going to get back into that starting uh, probably t- tonight or tomorrow. I'm going to post about Goonies, too, because that's apparently in development. Uh and then if you want to follow James on Twitter, you can at invaderjim124. 
If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at GoGoComzilla. And of course, if you want to help out the show, we don't really we don't take any money currently. Uh, I actually lose money doing this. Uh, if you want to subscribe, follow, or give like a five star review, whatever it is for that platform, any of that kind of stuff helps us. Whether it's you know likes, reviews, things like that, that that really helps us. And of course, it helps me seeing how many people are subscribed to each platform. I can only really see I think Spotify and. Uh, SoundCloud. I can't for some reason when I look at the analytics see like uh, Google or Apple for some reason. But huh. uh, yeah, that you know that kind of stuff always helps us be. I think it pushes up a little. It pushes us up a little higher the more like likes and positive things come towards us. And of course, uh, the most useful thing you can do is share the show with people around you, or just share it out there, retweet it to other people. Uh, just because word of mouth is really what helps us is getting it to others. Uh, is what helps us grow potentially and uh, get out there and help lets us know that we're, we're someone's listening to us and that we're just not tech, talking to an empty vacuum in space. And of course, uh, hope you enjoy the show. We'll see you guys next week with our regular episode, which will be at 53 and sometime soon. I'm not sure if it'll be like the coming week or the next week after that. Sometime soon we will have the last of us part two spoiler cast as well. But all right, you guys have a great week until then. Thanks for listening.